Hey, what is going on, everybody? I am your host, Justin Perry. Today is January 3rd, 2023. Happy New Year and welcome to another episode of the Shot Quality Bets podcast now in video. Uh, If you're listening at home, definitely make sure to check us out on YouTube. We are now putting these shows live with my beautiful face and, of course, some great commentary from our friend Big 3 for 3, who is always with me on this show. We'll be having guests. We'll be doing a little bit more, able to share videos and, of course, live interactions with the Shot Quality Bets website to help you use the site better, make better picks. That's what we're here to do. Big three. Happy New Year, man. Excited to uh, start 2023 with a bang. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty exciting time, obviously, getting into some of these conference games. And I think you you start to get a better idea of, you know, <laughs> how these teams are going to play against each other. Um, you start to see teams playing the same team a couple times, you know, and making adjustments, stuff like that. It's it's fun. And I, we've talked about this a little before, you know, like the games become a little more serious for a lot of teams. Their, their route to making the tournament is by winning the conference tournament. In order to do that, you have to have a good seed and play well in these conference games. So it's kind of for a lot of these, especially small um, conference teams, like these games are, are super, super important from here on out. So. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a really interesting process, especially as in the power sixes, it feels like, you know, you can't take more than what two losses now, if you want an at large. So it's become very competitive. The regular season has so much just like edge to it. It's so ultimate, especially at the top. And then, like you said, everybody else is, is really battling for seeding to try to make that run, to try to get the tournament championship and get the promised bid to the big dance. We are only three and a half months away from Selection Sunday. I think it's like 14, 15 weeks. It's it's pretty crazy how quickly we have already arrived on conference season. We're going to be taking a dive into some of the biggest games for Wednesday's action. So if you're listening to this Tuesday night, Wednesday, this is the right one for you. We're going to talk a lot about how we use the tools like our most recent episode. We'll be handicapping a little bit off the cuff using the tools bringing you through our live analysis how we use shot quality data to come up with our takes with our opinions and most importantly the bets we're going to make so uh let's start getting into it a little bit as you can see if you're here with us on youtube we do have the value finder coming up we do have a a couple games already on the slate for the fourth, you can usually see the next day's games in advance. Some lines are already coming up, and, and there are some really big games. So, big three, is there anything that's maybe stood out to you? Do you want to talk maybe some Big 12 action? We have Baylor and uh, TCU, or Big 10. I It's it's late. But anyway, we have Big East action playing with Butler and DePaul. Where, where would you like to start today, man? You know, I I was thinking maybe we start um, in the ACC with the Wake Forest in North Carolina. Where is that at? It's got to be on here. Probably here at the bottom. Uh, We we can always always worth searching the uh, the document rather than scrolling through and driving yourself crazy. Uh, Wake Forest, of course, is going to be the underdog. We have a nice projection here of eighty two point three to seventy three point three. What's what's your feeling here? A lot of lot of uh, controversial takes on North Carolina this year. Were they maybe the worst AP number one to open the season ever? Probably. But what are you thinking? Are you are you looking at the dog? Are you fading North Carolina? Do you like the total? What what should we talk about with these teams today? Yeah. So we obviously shot quality. We're showing a little bit of an edge on on Wake Forest here at plus eleven. Um, we have it plus nine point three for those of you not watching. But um, 
yeah, I, I really like Wake Forest here, actually. Um, I just think you look at this Wake Forest team that is honestly, I mean, they just beat Duke at home in a pretty convincing fashion. I understand Duke was missing Lively and Whitehead for that game, but this is, I mean, Wake Forest is pretty legit. And I think like coming into the year, it was one of the ACC teams that was a little bit forgotten about. Um, but you look at, I mean, obviously beating Virginia Tech and Duke in their last two games after getting stomped um, yeah. at Rutgers. And I think like this is, you even had like um, some, a little bit of injury concerns, stuff like that early on. But North Carolina is not good enough um, to be double digit favorites against any potential tournament team I don't think and I think like and the real reason why is is North Carolina's defense is just not good enough to pull away from any of these teams and I think you look at some of their I mean what are they 42nd in adjusted defensive shot quality a lot of I mean other analytics sites have them even lower than that but clearly not a team that's going to really shut you out defensively I mean, you take a look at those scores i mean look they're, exactly. they're letting up a lot of points it's not like you know ohio state putting up 84 you know getting i mean look at that shot quality score 88 expected shot quality points 76 expected yeah. shot quality points Pitt expected 78 like they oh, man. I, agreed yeah. and like they're winning if you look at the way that they're winning some of these games right like obviously michigan kind of backdoored them but like the ohio state game really, really big offensive surge, some big shots down the stretch to even pull away from that game. Like I, I understand. And I don't think that North Carolina is an awful team either. I think at the end of the day, they, they will be a tournament team, maybe making it to the sweet 16 even, but they, they're not good enough defensively at this point in the season to pull away from teams. Like, right. That's just the truth. Yeah. And you look at those scores and it's like the only teams they're really pulling away from are like Citadel and Georgia tech. And like even some of their games against much poorer teams, right? Like they lost four in a row, obviously, but then they only beat Portland by eight, you know, like they only beat Gardner Webb by a half a that dozen quality years. loss, man. Exactly. On that one, right? Exactly. So, so they're, they're really not pulling away from anyone. And it's because as you mentioned, they're not, they don't play defense. And so I think man, like yeah. catching 11 on a team like uh, Wake Forest is a spot I'm pretty excited about here for sure. I like it. I like it. And look, you know, any team that's going to come in here and and rank in the bottom third almost against a team like Gardner-Webb, I don't, I mean, again, we can we can bop right into what shot quality thinks of Gardner-Webb to get an evaluation here. Not exactly great. And, and look, I will admit we do need to fix all of these being green. I'm sorry. Um, but again, the adjusted offense for Gardner-Webb being 216th and, and being able to put up a shot quality win on a team like this uh, should raise some eyebrows. It should give you the idea that, all right, look, now, could could North Carolina come out and hit every shot that they take? Sure. But if a team's going to shoot 70% against you and you're going to complain about losing your bet, I don't think you should be betting on basketball. Um, you have to live and die with like incredible or incredibly poor shooting performances. What I think we're looking at here is the fact that this Wake Forest team coming in at 64th, having some really solid wins, getting getting a big shot quality win against Clemson, which is probably, you know, that 20-point loss could be hurting some of like the evaluations some of these uh, line-determining models might have based on what actually happened on the floor. Uh, you know, not necessarily the way they took the shots, but just if the ball went in the hoop. Happens a lot. And that's what we're here to kind of dispel, right? We have this as a 64th team in the country, placing facing someone like 40th. When you look at like how stereotypical models like a Ken Palm or Torvik would grade mid-60s visiting low 40s, you're not getting 11 points, 
that's that's a good way to find value. And so I'm with you. I like the plus 11. This will likely be on my sheet tomorrow. Uh, we can also maybe go take a peek at the trend finder. Uh, this is uh, this is why I'm so excited to get us on to some uh, some video content because we can show off some of the stuff that we've been doing. I mean, North Carolina coming in four and ten ATS and shot quality still expecting them to be worse. So we only have two games out of the fourteen that North Carolina has played that the expected ATS grade was a win. That's not great. That's not. That's really not good. And, and one of them was the Ohio State game, which was a great game. And another one, and look, lost to Citadel on the shot quality score, twenty point difference in expected score. So it's tough with a team like Citadel because they don't have the shot makers to sort of achieve what shot quality expects against just probably bigger players. Um, but nonetheless, still pretty concerning for North Carolina. The plus eleven looks pretty nice. I don't know if we really let's see home games. They've definitely been a little slower. Uh, shot quality still doesn't like them at home. I'm with you. I think this is a real, this might be our first video podcast play. Um, let's let's lock it in. Plus 11 right now. Hopefully it stays there by time this podcast gets out. We'll post the audio earlier and make sure that the plays are well documented. So hopefully you guys can hear this and get a good jump on this overnight line. Anything else on the board for you, big three? Anything in the ACC? I know we're kind of getting into this power conference play. Maybe anything a little smaller. Let's go check out the value finder. Uh, let's, let's look at the bottom here where the games on the fourth are coming pretty. Yeah. Pretty there's, there's a lot a of big game that pops out right towards the top of these one, uh, January 4th games that I would mm-hmm. say probably worth the talk. Um, and that is the Baylor TCU game. Um, value finder shows a lot of value on Baylor here, which yeah. after, um, after, I don't know when that was, maybe Saturday, the Baylor-Iowa State game. You may be a little hesitant here, but this is actually a spot that I do agree with the value finder on. I think that, I don't know, like I said, sometimes you do have to trust the numbers on these. And um, for Baylor, you look at like some of their like really, really bad games that stand out here, right? And like, this is a great view of this right here. Like the Marquette game was awful. Well, they played away at Marquette, right? The rest of them, home neutral, home neutral. They're beating Gonzaga. Not a ton of great teams here. Obviously, they also have a neutral court win over um, UCLA. But then yeah. away at Iowa State. That game, they were up like almost 10 towards the end of the first half. Iowa State went on a run and then just pulled away in the second half. And I think like a big thing to note there, it's just to me, those away games, especially like the first conference away game, right? It, it's just like it is kind of an outlier. And you look at it and – Baylor should have won like Baylor shot quality score won 68, 65, despite losing right. the game 62, 77. And they just did not shoot very well. Um, obviously no, Iowa state scored 12 more points than they were expected to from the shot quality score. And I think like you, a game like that is really, really deceiving. And people say, Oh, Baylor just lost by, you know, whatever, 15 to Iowa state. And it's, it's just not really, how the game played out right and like this is the beauty of shot quality and this is why we really like this and i think that this is a great point to say okay if baylor blows out iowa state at iowa state maybe not blows out beats them by a handful Mm -hmm. i i don't think that this is minus five right and tcu on the flip side tcu was like on the ropes against texas tech i think they were down at least 10 at halftime um and they're able to crawl back, make a huge comeback at the end and, and cover the spread on a last second dunk. Right. And so these are two games where the home teams in these like kind of first conference game of the season made huge second half runs to kind of, 
I don't know, like kind of make these results look a little better um, or in favor at least of TCU. I mean, then for sure, the, these, this game was gross, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the points per possession rank, both of them being under 25 and under means this game was just gross, which means there's a lot of opportunity for a team like Baylor to have played better right for for either team right they were both uh, and actually seeing seeing iowa state exceed scoring expectations like that much is is pretty crazy um on on such a bad sq points per possession rank so they got pretty dang lucky here and baylor couldn't catch a break they still underperformed right they still underperformed and they they probably should have done a lot better but you know again you you have there's all so much that goes into this. Like, do you look at things situationally? Is this a game where Iowa state was kind of like loading up to play Baylor? Probably. I mean, look, look, they shot the shot quality win against Western Michigan was a two point win. So to me, like we talk about look ahead spots and, and, you know, conference play starting, like they were definitely looking at this Baylor game with the calendar circled, like knowing that they were going to be going in, they had a million years to prep, man. They played, no games for 12 days they got to just get ready for Baylor and and I'm sure Baylor also had a similar amount of time yeah I will I, no wrong look at that Baylor had been playing so maybe they just kind of got caught off guard by a team with rested legs and and already a pretty dang good defense that Iowa State defense is no joke so likely just a I would say a temporary dud for Baylor catching some good value I have to agree with the model like you're you're just taking a team that looked bad and and probably first of all should have won the game, right? Yeah. So you're talking you're talking 15 points in the market that people aren't really registering, right? Yeah. And people are looking at getting this recency bias, being like, oh Baylor, I lost to Iowa State. Like, okay, yeah, they did, but we didn't expect them to based on the quality of the shots taken. So if you just rid that result as like this terrible loss from your mind and look at it as just a competitive game where they didn't get their shots and the other side did that sort of alleviates a little bit of that worry. You're able to see some value on a five and a half point line and say, Oh, this is still the Baylor team that, you know, charged to a championship not so long ago, coached well, you know, powerful program, good recruits, hot top talent. I mean, look at what their defense is able to do right now. Uh, you're, you're running the 14th best half court defense in the nation. I mean, that's just incredibly important. They do not let mid range shots hurt them on shot. They take, they do not allow their opponents to take good mid range looks. And so what does that mean? That like when you go into the ISO, when you don't like properly execute your offense and you're struggling and you just take a crappy pull up jumper from 18, like this team is is like or maybe a little closer 16 whatever but this team is really making that a hard look and and the same down low in the post like so the some of the more like reliable looks some of the more important looks this team is just keeping you out of it and and something that's really interesting here for me is is seeing that they're like the shot selection stats and and this stuff really tells the tale like not allowing good shots but playing teams that are making more shots than expected a little bit um, because you would expect it to be really bad. They're not allowing good shots, blah, blah, blah. We can get into a lot of it and we keep, we will continue to do show. So, but yeah, what's up? I'll say one more thing here, like beyond kind of what you can see numbers wise. um, This is Texas tech's first road game, like literally their first true road game. And we're into January, which I think like we just said with Baylor, you look at their like duds, their road games. Right. And so I think like, a first row game, especially a conference row TCU, game. TCU, like you mean though, yeah? TCU? 
TCU. Sorry, I get them confused. They all played on the same day a couple days ago, and I think I lost my mind. Okay, TCU. This is TCU's first true road game. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and I think it's really important, especially when you look at like TCU's home court, right? TCU is one of the weirdest them and like FIU, they have one of the weirdest home courts to play on. And I think it does kind of turn into this like really big home court advantage that they have. Right. And they have a couple wins on neutral sites. Um, Utah, I think is still being overrated just because of some of the shooting discrepancies they've had. They don't really have any like fantastic wins that Texas tech win at home. There is probably their best one. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm just not super high on, on TCU now. I know they're starting to get healthy, starting to get everyone back. But this is a team that was overrated coming into the season. And I'm not – I think in their first true row game at Baylor, um, kind of a bounce back spot for Baylor after that one um, is pretty significant. The other thing I'll say is, is LJ Cryer for um, Baylor has missed the last two games. And he expected just, a return. just saw a tweet this morning that he has cleared concussion protocol. So he'll hey. be back. I mean, this is literally – maybe their best player. I yeah. He's averaged like 15 points a game-ish this season. So that's someone that Baylor has been missing, obviously, a ton the last couple of games to get him back for this one and to still see the line at minus five, which would indicate Baylor only by a couple on a neutral. Um, that doesn't make much sense. To me, yeah, so. I, agree. I agree. And the defense should translate for Baylor. Um, you know, we're seeing some of these ranks here. They're, they're one of the best uh, teams in terms of forcing a lot of defensive turnovers. They're good defense against shots attack in the rim. We talked a little bit about that, but these are big factors, right? We talk about the rim and three rate. Um, their their defensive rim and three rate, I believe, is is a little bit low. Um, rim and three rate, yeah, look at that. Uh, so pretty good. So only seventy four teams in the nation allow a uh, a lower rim and three rate. So uh, doing doing a good job in, with Baylor. Uh, expecting a little bit of maybe offensive regression in the post up, but that might be because they've played kind of nobody and they were probably just getting everything down low. Uh, so, so nothing crazy there, uh, as expected, really good at the catch and shoot three, especially if they start getting more talent back, start getting healthier. You know, we kind of just, there's no such thing as a lock, but we look for like that discount, right? That, that price that should be a little higher, that place where you can get in with more value than expected. And, and Baylor is definitely in a position coming off of that loss. That should have been a win on shot quality to get it done. So let's really quickly maybe look at how they've done, uh, how shot quality has them looking. If you like trends, I, I I don't look, I don't bet strictly based on trends, but I think that over a larger sample size, this starts to get pretty interesting for Baylor. Uh, so playing at home here hasn't been pretty, but you know what? Maybe that's what they're due for. You know, again, I, I would definitely consider this a good value spot. Um, and and I, I I do trust them a little bit more than not. I think this is a different scenario than the games they've played at home so far. So you definitely need to, you know, take that into consideration. None of these spreads are, there's one spread below 17 at home. Yeah. 21, 25 and a half, 17, 37, 28, 27, 44 and a half. This is so different type of game, right? right? So different. So you can't really take this and say, Oh, one in six ATS on shot quality. Well, yeah, but they still, even though they, they still covered, you know, three more than expected because they were still able to do it. So shot quality is going to have a hard time getting people to win by that much, just based on sort of how it works. Uh, but yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Baylor looks like a good value play. Let's, let's keep moving on. We got some great stuff, honestly, coming up. Let's talk a little bit about maybe some totals uh, because with conference play comes a really good chance to get, in my opinion, 
into those unders. And and if you know about um, what we've seen with the unders for the model this year, they have been pretty dang successful. Uh, so let's get into some of these more interesting unders that we're seeing. I wanted to talk about this game anyway. Connecticut Providence. What do you make of this projection? I mean, you wrote the model. How do you sort of when you see something like Connecticut, you know, only being favored by two and and ten points on the under here? How do you sort of evaluate that that game in the Big East? Is Providence going to be able to hold home court? Is Connecticut going to bounce back after taking a loss? I mean, this is definitely one that a lot of eyes are going to be on tomorrow. Yeah, this is this is a tough one for sure. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to imagine Connecticut not being a super popular play here. Um, Like you said, right now, the consensus line on the side is only sitting at five. So shot quality is still waiting on a six um, for that to register as a play. Mm -hmm. But I would be pretty shocked if we don't see a six um, by tomorrow. Um, I just think like what you're starting to see here is early results through 10, 12 games, whatever it is, kind of starting to outweigh like the expect preseason expectations of the team and also just like I, I think they're just being taken into account too heavily honestly um I, I really do think that I don't know I, I really do think that UConn is good and, and they are a legit like final four threat but on the road in Big East play like this this was a really really popular thing a couple years back and it still is like Big Ten Big East it's very very hard to yeah. win games on the road right and I think like catching five points in here Providence is so notorious for playing these really really tight games you know and I think that it's I, I could definitely see it coming down to one of the final possessions right and I do kind of mm-hmm. like that that quality is showing value on Providence here because I do think that'll be the sharp side um, just knowing like one of these first you know away conference games for for connecticut off a loss you know i i do think that it's a good spot um the under man you look at some of these overs and it's it's easy to see why the total might be inflated right mm-hmm. oh providence marquette which obviously went into <laughs> like, time yeah by like 50 points um, it's 200 but like points they, they have been going over by a ton in some of these yeah. games and yeah. i think that's where you start to say like okay like this is probably a total that that people are getting too hot on right and i think that i mean you think about how you beat this connecticut team um it is not letting them run exactly and so i i do i do think that like cooley i would guess that they do try to slow them down a little bit um and i think especially in an environment like this at home um you get a lead early right in the game you're definitely slowing it down trying to cut down the possessions and hold on yeah there. So, i mean look what that's how xavier was successful right they didn't yeah they didn't give Connecticut the shots they needed to beat them. Yeah. Uh, they limited. And look at what happened in that game too. Um, a lot of those points were in the first half. I'm trying I want to say it was like 43, 43 at halftime. Right. And so kind of exactly what we said we think would happen, right? Like it slowed way 42, 41. So there yeah. you go. So it's slowed mean, down in the second half, which is the opposite of what would typically happen. Right. But you're at home, you're, you have a lead or you're even in the game you want to slow down, cut down the possessions and like, right. Like not increase the variance and have the quote unquote better team, like get what they're supposed to. So um, I do see this game, the kind of the game script of Providence tries to slow them down originally or at the start of the game is in the game, maybe leading and really tries to pull back um, in the second half. So I, I do kind of agree with both of those edges that shot quality shows there. Yep. Yep. I, I think this is going to be a great one. Yeah, look, I think this is a, a very interesting spot. Everyone's going to pile back onto UConn. 
that's my like you know like and and a big east team on the road the look uconn's probably the only one maybe xavier maybe that i would really consider backing on the road as a favorite um it's just not gonna be easy um, i like that you said that but i'm curious now so you have another one here georgetown villanova right does georgetown win a game in the big east this year and i i mean I, i'm curious your take there like this is another spot it's like okay is, is georgetown yeah so so maybe maybe i should have been clear when when they're not playing georgetown at a yeah right <laughs> um look georgetown has been messy man i i hit on i hit on fading them against butler uh that and again look they they are expected to be doing better uh on almost every game and it's yeah. it's almost sad to see uh when you have a what a 30 almost a 30 point loss that should have been two in shot yeah. quality's metrics so when that continues to happen it it you know shot quality isn't necessarily like the end all be all no no data is no resources you need to combine it with an understanding and experience of what you're doing to properly harness it i mean you could come to this site and and if you don't know what you're doing you're going to completely misconstrue the data it, it isn't like just like anybody can sort of sit down and, and dive in i mean we have the projection model that's what that's for if you just want to listen to uh like projections that have consistently won over a long period of time the model is returning over five percent uh this season and has been utterly dominant like over 100 units won uh pretty crazy at the sample size that we're running at we play a lot of picks so to return such consistent numbers is awesome if you're interested in that type of thing it's 20 dollars a week 80 dollars a month or 350 dollars a year on shockqualitybets.com but uh you got you got to turn it on sometimes right but what you got to do with this data is take a look at what Georgetown has actually been able to do. Like they are taking terrible shots and are getting bailed out by players who can hit them. So yep. the, the problem then becomes, you know, the minute that they start facing maybe some of these teams that aren't just going to let them get off those shots they're they are better than a lot of these teams. They are, they are better than a UMBC uh, you know, uh, I, I hesitate, but they're better than Coppin. They're better than Green Bay. They're better than Loyola Marymount. They're probably not better than Northwestern, but um, you know, they, they got a lot of these looks off. Now yeah. they have limited shot selection, but everybody's making everything over them. So traditional analysis on that would make me think that Georgetown might be due for a pretty good game. Um, and, and depending on the line, I might lean them at home. They need, they need it. Um, and Nova, what? They just lost, right, to Marquette. They got a big home loss. Marquette beat them in their yep. own building. Um, I think they're probably looking just to get a win. And this is something that, you know, they're going to go to someone else's building. They want to get a win on the column. They they just they probably won't care if Georgetown brings us back to five at the end of the game. They just probably won't. Um, I think, yeah. So, yeah, I'm with I, you. I'm, this, I struggle to take anyone literally as a home. It's it's hard. This it's hard. is a spot I think is. I mean, I hate to say it, but I really, I really do like Georgetown here, and, and shot quality models only showing a little bit of value on them. But yeah. I think that this is a really good spot. People yeah. are having a tough time um, dissociating this Villanova team with the Jay Wright Villanova teams, right? And, and this the Justin Moore Villanova team. Exactly. Yeah. This team, and it's not that they're awful, but this is not even a tournament team, right? Like they 
should be shot quality score wise. We have them at 0 and 3 in conference play right now. They did mm-hmm. beat St. John's, but we had them losing that game, losing mm-hmm. to Connecticut, losing to Marquette. This they're not. I mean, they're beating like Boston College by nine on the shot quality score. You know, they lost to Portland, Iowa State, and Michigan yeah. State in that PK eighty five game. You, this team is not very good, and like you said. This sets up great for the dog here, right? Because you have Georgetown who scores the ball really well. They don't play great defense. You have Villanova who is going to try to slow you down. They don't play super fast, right? So a high scoring dog against a low scoring, like big favorite like this sets up really great for the dog. You also have Ewing who, I mean, could be fired any game here, right? They haven't won a conference game in two years. Like I do think that, like you said, for Villanova, there's a lot of pressure to, just not blow it, right? Like right. win this game, go to two and two. This game, get a win in the column, stay competitive. Hope more can get back in the next couple of weeks. He's playing five on fives. He's doing contact drills. Yeah, and that's fast for an Achilles man. Like that's some KD yeah. stuff. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it just like it sets up great for the dog here, Georgetown. They, if you watch them, like you said, they are, I guess, hitting tough shots, but offensively you're not thinking this is a team that hasn't won a conference game in two years. Like mm-hmm. offensively, they definitely have bursts. And I think when you come go against a slow team like Villanova, um, bad defense just doesn't get exposed as much. Right. And so I think like this pushing out to like 8.59 um, is just too much. And I would not be shocked, honestly, if Georgetown even wins this game and picks up their first conference win in, t- in two years. But um, yeah. I do think they at least keep it within 8.5 or nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at look at some of these defensive uh, miscellaneous stats. All right, the shot selection allowed, they're in the twenty fourth percentile, so they don't let great shots get taken against them. They're forcing, you know, lower quality looks on average. Uh, the spacing, uh, I mean, that's not great. They're letting people space out. I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, but the shot making gets my attention because, you know, they're they're letting people like make these shots. Um, they're allowing yeah. shot makers to hit their shots. Um, and, and that might just kind of fall off. That's probably, I just feel like it's due. I feel like there's regression yeah. looming in both directions in favor of Georgetown. Villanova has been, they have some shot makers. They still, that they, they've always had guys on these teams, these Villanova teams. And we're still obviously feeling the Jay Wright recruiting. Right. We still have guys who came to play with him, who play that smart brand of basketball, who can make shots. But it's I. Yeah, I think if you're getting a decent amount of points here uh, for for Georgetown, which eight and a half is a decent. Yeah, you can get nine now, even um, a low juice. You might want to wait for the morning. You might want to wait for the evening. You might want to wait pre tip. This gets to nine and a half, man. I mean, that is something I probably can't ignore. And it's scary. But sometimes those are the best bets because like the book's yep. trying to scare you off, you know, a little bit. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I'm into it. I mean, yeah, Villanova is definitely the easy side here, you know, right. right? in terms of like, OK, like you're not going to go to bed thinking, why did I put my money on Villanova? Right. It's like you're going to go to bed thinking like, OK, why did I put my money on Ewing and George? Right, like, right, right. So why, what am I doing? And then those and again, are sometimes the ones that work out the best. Those re- again and more. T- I feel like more times than not those are the ones that work out like when you can yeah. like when it becomes too easy to justify your bet like oh yeah nova's the better team they're gonna go and they're just gonna clean up against this georgetown squad i don't know 
I don't know. I, I just I don't think you can trust Nova to be consistent. I saw them struggle early in the year. Like didn't they lose the Temple? You know, like Georgetown. Yeah. The rivalry, these teams are not exactly very far away. I mean, none of the Big East teams are. But this one specifically is pretty close. I mean, Philly to, to D.C. is is like a hop, skip, and a throw. So yeah. these guys, and this is the most, you got to understand, this is the most vulnerable a Villanova team has been coming into a Georgetown gym in like a decade. Um, and I just don't think they're going to fail to capitalize. I think they want it bad. They're going to try to compete. Uh, this is every game's a test for this team now to try to get right for a run in the conference tournament because they don't have any other choice. They they aren't there. I mean, you just look at this like Villanova team. They've played what 14 games now they've Mm. won. They beat LaSalle by 13. So barely would have covered this number. They only beat Delaware state. Who's arguably the worst team in the country by 10. They beat Penn, who's you know middle of the pack by eleven. Drop all the ATS is three and eleven. The expected ATS. I'm saying like they're not beating oh. anyone by nine, right. let right. alone a Georgetown team on the road that is a pretty solid offensive team. So let's look at what they look like. Look at this: two and five against the spread when this when they're five or more favorites. We go to seven, one and three expected. zero oh and four. I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, what the only one that they eked out, uh, it was close, was the Boston College game. And I, yeah. I honestly like this Boston College team personally. Uh, I think that they're playing some really good defense. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on this, especially on the road. I mean, they, yeah, they, they shouldn't have been. Look at this. They, yeah. they barely be lost at St. Joe's on the road. This is what we're looking at. This is what we're looking yeah. at. I like this. Uh, I like this a lot. Um, all right, what's another game? Uh, we'll probably do like one more game, um, and and then we'll we'll get out of here. What what are you thinking? Anything that you know you're really excited to watch tomorrow? Personally, I mean, let's just look at some of the. This is going to be a little annoying. Just apologize, but if we look at the the plays, the biggest play, the biggest value on the board tomorrow for oh for the fourth, the two biggest values on the board tomorrow are Duquesne VCU taking the VCU side, um, which is you know maybe. Uh, not expecting Duquesne to be able to do what they do against VCU. Um, but then also to Paul Butler, how, how do you feel about these? Maybe even NC state Duke choose, choose one of these big three and we'll, we'll finish yep. up with that one. Hi, hey, big three. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. Um, you go. I, I, I'll go with Duke. So also I just want to say, yeah. um, I, I do agree with those top two, honestly, um, especially VCU. I think VCU is one of the better plays. I think people got too hot on Duquesne after their first like four or five games. Um, I mean, that, when that press games. looked like it could stop anybody exactly. for a minute. The press just dominated Montana. That was that was a crazy one. I was on Montana in that one. That was a, a bad one to start. Shot quality loss in that game. I think they won by – I can't read those numbers. I think it was like 90, 91-63. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I do agree with those other sides, but well, I'll go with Duke as the one that that we'll read into here. Um, sure. I I just want to say, like, and someone said this too. So like, Duke, their first true road game um, was that game at Wake Forest, and I think like with these younger teams, especially, uh, obviously Duke is pretty freshman heavy, um, but it's a little different Duke team with you know, Ryan Young, Granderson, like they do have like a handful of transfers, obviously their point guard um, Roach having a couple years under his belt helps too, but they 
this is not your typical, like really, really young and experienced Duke team. That's going to get throttled on the road, um, especially early on. And like I said, the wake forest road game, I think people are taking, putting too much weight into without having lively and whitehead, obviously. Um, Filipowski looked terrible in that game. And that's pretty much the only game all year that he's looked terrible in. And so I do think that this team's better. And I will say like people, I don't think realize how good the Duke fans travel to, right? So like Mm -hmm. Duke playing at NC state here, which is obviously, I mean, NC state is, I don't know, 15 miles from Duke, right? Like this is maybe the cheapest ticket that a lot of Duke fans are ever going to get to a Duke game, right? And so I promise you this this stadium will be at least 50% Duke fans. So the, oh, Probably true road more. game here, the like, you know, yeah, exactly. And it's the same with Wake Forest that was 45 minutes away. Um, but like the, like, oh, this is a true road game or this is going to be a harsh environment. Like those types of things, throw those out the window. Like the home court here will mean much less than I think people want to admit that it's going to and i do think like this duke team is still looking for a kind of signature win not that beating nc state is a signature win but they don't have a great win on their schedule at all really and i think that this is a pretty good opportunity for it um obviously you don't want to drop another conference game here right um you're after already losing to wake forest i'm sure one of the big goals um for Shire's first year, right, is a pretty exposable ACC this year, and, and winning the ACC is probably pretty high on their list. So yeah, I will yeah. say I think that this is a game that Duke is going to take pretty seriously too. It is like, I mean, basically the secondary rival, right, like across town. Um, I think this is a game they're yeah, going to want to lose. So yeah, um, yeah. I do like the North Carolina ACC team. They they're going to take this very seriously. Yeah. Shot quality I'm ranks really them at eleven. To see this at three too. I I. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty shocking to me. So that's, I mean, I think like, uh, yeah. And look, NC state has definitely held their own this season. Um, And we can, we can take a peek at their, um, their record expected. Yeah. Uh, it's like n dot c dot state. I know, I know. It's, it's it's confusing. Yeah, look, that's what they're called. That's how they go by. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, they've been they've held their own, right? And and I think there's probably I'm not going to click the home button because, like we said, I don't know if this is really going to be a home game for them. Uh, but if yeah. you take a look at how they do, let's take a look at how they do as dogs. They haven't exactly had too many uh, some small small spreads here. Uh, Kansas, they did win the spread, but like, look at these smaller ones, loss, loss, and then Dayton, which yeah. I don't know how they were just three point. They were underdogs against Dayton. That that's surprising in hindsight, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, in terms of these two most recent games against like good schools and all, they were not able to cover the small, uh, dog line. And I think again, we're going to be looking at something similar. Uh, they're, they're probably going to struggle interestingly enough it looks like they're a pretty good over team as a dog i wouldn't be shocked to see this game kind of move to a little bit of a faster pace uh we can check out how duke has done in terms of expected uh performance and of course they really haven't been dogs much so um yeah again not nothing crazy here shock quality is a little bit against them probably because their talent is manufacturing better results than shock quality expects um but look, they're they're probably going to be in in what amounts to seem like a home court scenario. I don't know. I don't know. This is a really interesting one for me. I probably do lean Duke too, but um, the truth I feel is, like it's going to be so popular. Yeah, 
the truth is, I don't know about popular. I think like this you Duke team yeah. is not as bad on as, as previous ones. I, I do agree. It probably will be public, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good bet at three, because I think by tomorrow, um, you know, by tomorrow afternoon, it might be four or four and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Um, but I will say like this, we talk a lot about like other analytics sites phasing out priors too quickly, right? North mm-hmm. Carolina state is a team that most sites had, I would say 80 to a hundredth to start the season. That, that is a little off the top of my head, but I think that's pretty close to right. Um, and based on their performance so far this year, a lot of these other sites that, I'm not going to necessarily name, have them a lot higher than that. And so I, I will say, like, I think, especially, um, I guess I like Torvik has them 47 right now. Um, and I think that this is just like, what have they done? And if you look at like, what have they done? Who have they beat? Well, they haven't really beat, they beat Dayton and Butler on neutrals who are both like decent teams. Their next best win after that is Vanderbilt also on a neutral. And so it's like, okay, they haven't really beat, many top 100 teams at all so what's justifying this bump from 100 to 50 like i i I don't really know and i think that's part of what shot quality is doing here too is like we're not really rewarding them as much for like beating bad teams that they should be beating right and so like none of that what i've seen from them and they lost at home to pittsburgh who i mean albeit is a better pittsburgh team than previously but losing Mm -hmm. to miami losing to clemson right like losing to kansas a lot of these better games that they've played are the better teams that they've played they've they've lost to and so i think like nothing about beating all of these like hundred and up ranked teams suggests like oh they should be moving up the rankings right and then you look at a duke team that has taken care of a a lot of teams that they should have right like their only real losses like kansas and purdue obviously are perfectly fine losses and then the wake forest one without lively and whitehead so I, i i think that duke kind of fits the mold here of like okay this is a team they should beat they've been beating the teams that they should be beating right and north carolina state hasn't really played anyone this they haven't played anyone this good other than kansas um and so i don't know i i don't really see the justification for north carolina state moving up this much and i think this is a good spot to kind of fade that move look something that you definitely shouldn't be fading is what big three has been talking about what i've been talking about what we're able to do here at shot quality bets kind of see through a little bit of of the results that honestly like only make sense in hindsight right you go you see your team loses after they're expected to win and you're like wait but maybe it's because that last game was fraudulent and they got lucky or or maybe i misanalyzed because i couldn't see that you know uh, i was i was fading louisville and they just haven't been able to hit anything and now they've you know progressed to the mean there are most like <laughs> unlucky ats team which is which is crazy it makes sense but we do have them due for regression so i'm not really sure this is being recorded right now on uh tuesday night when i do think they are on the floor so i'm excited to go check out some scores but before we go i just really quickly wanted to give you all if you've managed to stay this far just just we we appreciate you uh definitely make sure you're subbed you like we're gonna have a lot more video content a lot more audio content if you're hearing this on spotify or anywhere else podcasts are found a lot of appreciation for you being here and we want to tell you a little bit about what is coming up from shock quality bets, the new things we are always working, trying to sort of push the limits on what analysis expected data and, and all of our algorithms can do. And something that we're very, very proud of, very excited about is the create your own model 
tool, the model sandbox, as we are calling it, you're going to have this type of display where you can pick and choose up to 32 different parameters in order to create your own custom model. Uh, and, and we're just, look, I mean, I've been blown away with what this thing can do. It's currently in beta testing. We're creating anything you want. You want to be able to, you know, look at SWAT games because you think, oh, that, that conference is dependent on how three point shooting goes and, and maybe interior defense. Like you can build something around that to project specific games. Uh, you know, look at your own essentially value finder page, see recommended plays based on various value, and then instantaneously grade that model at that level backwards. It's just not available. No one has built a tool like this and it should be coming out this January. We'll definitely keep you all posted, but very exciting is that all tier one members of shockqualitybets.com are going to have free access to this in January at some point. So little sneak preview for you there. Big three had a huge hand in developing what is going to be running this uh, awesome, powerful new tool. And uh, I don't know, big three, do you have any words on, on what people can expect with this thing? Yeah. I mean, I just, I guess would like to say that it's, it's not your typical, like, build your own model by like, oh, we're just taking into account like these different variables. Like we are on the back end creating a full regression model that's like taking into account all these variables, testing it against the entire season um, based on team's performances at that time. Um, this is a pretty complex thing. And like Justin said, Justin had a huge part in this too, but it was a, it was quite the project and it's going to be super powerful. And part of the reason that we waited this long to launch it was so that we had data on this year that we could give people. So, you know, they weren't creating models off of just a couple game sample yeah. size, which Justin, you and I have been preaching all year, right? Like it's, it's too early to weigh the data this much. It's too early. It's too early. So this is really, we've kind of allowed for some of that data to back itself up. And yeah, we're super excited about launching this. So. It's look, it's going to be really cool. Uh, if you have already used the trend finder and, and you've seen what that can do, this is like, you know, just letting you have that customization that, you know, people ask for. I've been, you know, doing this for a, a while now. And one of the most asked questions is someone who has built models and, and, and shared model results. And I'm sure you get this too, Big Three, is a lot of people want to make their own. It's a very common request. How did you get started? What did you do to like learn to code? Well, we're taking all that out. No coding, no, no data science required, just a, a curiosity and a willingness to maybe experiment with this new tool, find the right fits. And you know what? It actually tells you how it's doing. So if you find the holy grail, it's going to tell you your, this model would have returned 8%, 10%, 12% this season. And if you hit that, you better just uh, comment on the pod and let us know so we can input the same parameters and, and uh, make some money together. That's what we're all here to do. We had a good show. I'm so excited, as I've said probably like five times now on this episode, that we are in video. Uh, if you are listening, check out the YouTube. We're going to have our first video up this week on these games, hopefully by tip-off on Wednesday. But check it out. We're, you know, I'm here smiling. We'll have some fun guests. A Big Three's uh, awesome little logo, too. Maybe, maybe we can coax him out of his shell one day. But... For everybody who is home listening, I'd really appreciate you all. We'll be back, of course, at the end of the week, Thursday, with another episode of the Shot Quality Bets podcast. Till then, I'm your host, Justin Perry, my co-host, Big 3 for 3. Follow Shot Quality Bets on Twitter. And, of course, check out that projection model better than most. We'll see you next time.